Hey everyone, welcome to Triple B. We are Grant and Rebecca, two Purdue students and best friends who love talking anything sports. From Big Ten Ballers to the Big Leagues, it's all here on the Boiler Buzzer Feeder. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. It has been quite the week for Purdue sports, hasn't it Grant? Yes indeed, it's been quite the week. Uh, a lot has happened, hasn't it? So many events. Starting off, we're going to just get right into it. Volleyball. So a couple cool volleyball events happened this week. Uh, first off, Purdue took a road trip to Champaign to take on the University of Illinois. Uh, it was a very special road game since the block party, the student section, uh, was in attendance with 45 members. Uh, thanks for the uh, tickets to the University of Illinois. I find it amusing, first of all, that they had um, enough empty seats left to give us 45 tickets, um, whereas Holloway Gymnasium, home of Purdue Volleyball, has been sold out for the entire season. So just a little flex on our behalf, but thanks for the uh, chance to attend nonetheless. So the first two sets were won by Purdue, starting off strong, uh, both 17 to 25, absolutely just coming out, killing it. Unfortunately, we... Uh, Stepped off a little bit. Illinois stepped up. They won the next two sets, 23 to 25, and then 17 to 25. So picture this. It's now two to two. What that means in volleyball is you go into the fifth set. Fifth set is very special. It only goes to 15 points as opposed to 25, and it whoever wins that set wins the whole match. So it's a very back and forth game. About nine and nine, then 12 and 12. We keep tying it up. Purdue finally takes it. 16 to 14, absolutely whoops him with the uh, beautiful winning point, just tipped over the net by Grace. She faked a set, uh, tipped it right over, comes down. Their crowd goes silent. Our crowd goes wild. It's a whole thing. Uh, the whole team came up in the stands, celebrate with the block party. Uh, super fun. They're all coming through, giving us high fives. We're cheering as Illinois is walking out, hanging their heads in shame. It's a beautiful sight, really. Um, so some differences between the winning and the uh, not-so-winning sets from Purdue that I noticed. Um, I think their back line was a lot tighter in the first two sets, and then Illinois had some uh, some really strong outside hitters that really just come and slam it in the ball, and Purdue did not necessarily respond to that in the best way in the uh, sets three and four, but overall, a very sweet victory. That is great to hear, and yeah, you went to that game, Rebecca? I how, did. How was the environment in Illinois compared to... Purdue. It was pretty cool. So their gym is bigger than ours, but it's in like a lecture hall, which is kind of weird. Very so it's a very, yeah, it's a big building. It's kind of by their like armory, not really with the rest of the sports stuff. So you walk into this building and like the main entrance goes into the gymnasium, but on either sides, you've got like offices for like deans and professors. And then upstairs, they've got like lecture classrooms, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a bigger venue. Um, they didn't quite fill it out like we do, but it was uh it was pretty cool. Um, it was very hot in there, whereas Holloway is a little on the colder side, so that was definitely something as well. Their student section, I'll give them credit. They were they were trying their hardest. They uh pulled the old read the newspaper while they're doing the opposing lineup situation where they had actual newspapers that were all sitting there pretending to read. Um, I think their chants were a little lacking though. Honestly, the only thing they could do was the whole like I L L I N I situation, where they spell the Illini. Um, so Purdue uh, responded to that. You can spell, so can I, which I thought was very clever on our behalf, and it uh, put them in their place at least for a little bit. Yeah, and <coughs> the uh, Illini, that's a that's a weird mascot to me. Like, it's like a Hoosier because it's like, what does it mean? What is it with Indiana and having yeah. weird mascots? Well, Illinois is not Indiana. Illinois. Midwest, I mean. You know what I mean. What is it with yeah. Midwest and weird mascots? Exactly. 
Um, for me, for volleyball, I'm excited because I'm going to the game on Wednesday against Iowa. Heck yeah. I'm ready to experience my first game. I have not been able to. Um, I got tickets before. Eventually, I, I could not go for, you know, other re- for other reasons. And, and then twice I could not go. And then Purdue decided to suspend me from buying volleyball tickets for a week because I didn't go to the games. And so they're they're pretty. You got blacklisted. Yeah, pretty pissed off at us. So me, not 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 at all. Not both of us. But for me, Fair. But I'm ready. I'm OK, excited. we'll get you to one. It's going to be mm-hmm. a great crowd. They played today, too. Also, um, they yes, beat they Rutgers. They won 3-0. Um, they the scores were 22 20 and 13 to 25 um, Eva Hudson and Raven Colvin absolutely led the scoring with 19 and 11 kills respectively um, Purdue is now 13 and 1 and 4 and 0 in the Big Ten so we are coming out we're coming out strong man we haven't lost in the Big Ten yet haven't lost in a while um, double digit wins I I think this is only the beginning I could see us going very very far you got some uh, some really good players on that team especially Eva Hudson I know we've talked about her a couple times. We're big fans over here. Um, she was awarded the Big Ten Freshman of the Week for the team's performance last Sunday against Iowa. Um, she's now been named Freshman of the Week for four out of the five weeks of play so far this season. And that's like a Big Ten-wide award. So out of all the teams in the Big Ten, she has been Freshman of the Week for four out of five weeks of play. Um, according to the NCAA, uh, currently Purdue is ranked fifth in the nation Heck yeah. for volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was when they were 11-1. and one, So adding on two more wins, I imagine they might up a little bit it said previously they were 11th so quite the jump they've been that was a big jump way i would love to see us break into top three um especially because our highest ranking in history has been number four happened last season um i yeah would love to top that get into the top the top three this team uh, truly deserves it they've been doing some great things um if you haven't already caught a game like grand over here feel free to tune in uh versus iowa at 6 p.m and versus wisconsin at 8 p.m coming up this week on wednesday and then wisconsin is this weekend sounds like a fun time I Heck cannot yeah wait. cannot wait so some more Purdue sports this week. Um, we've had two soccer games. Um, Nebraska, they tied 1-1 on Thursday. Some good individual performances by Kayla Budish and Nicole Cavazia. Um, there were some changes to the uh, defensive starting lineup. They were on a four-game losing streak, so we had to put some more experienced players in the, uh, in the back line, um, you know, really just make sure that Purdue's got a fighting chance in there. Um, I would love to see some more like tradition or uh, transitional players out there. You know, I find the ball is kind of getting caught between the defense and the front line. Um, I, you know, would love to see some midfielders really showing out, being a uh, being involved. Started second half, Purdue scores early on. It's called offsides. I personally beg to differ. Um, I would like to have a word with the officials on that one. Did not agree. Sixteen minutes left. Gracie Dunaway one on one with the keeper. Keeper kind of bounces it in front of her, and then Gracie absolutely just, like, knees it into the goal, like, slides on her knees, slams it in. Wasn't pretty, but it was beautiful. So, uh, five seconds left. Purdue had one more chance. Unfortunately, goes wide off a free kick. Um, So, we did not come away with that win there, but split the points, and uh, definitely some chances for improvement. Saw some good things. Um, Saw some other things. We had another game today. Uh, versus Rutgers, Purdue took an unfortunate 3-0 loss. Um, we had some chances, especially off of set pieces. Uh, Rutgers was very heavy on the fouls, so free kicks were uh, very common this game. Saw some valiant effort from Gracie Dunaway in the midfield and uh, Hannah LaPierre holding it down. Put some uh, constant pressure on the back line, all that good stuff. Uh, I did see more like horizontal kind of switching of the field, which I thought really helped out with their possession. 
Um, but Rutgers is 10-1-1 one one in their season, so it was definitely a solid opponent, and uh, we put up a pretty good fight. So I think some more good things coming in our future. Can't wait for a win. It'll be great. Um, as Purdue, so Purdue soccer, um, okay, so they're 3-8-1 and one this year. Um, but I like to say they're probably, compared to last year, are they just, um, did they lose a few players? From last yes. Year year? Yep. So we're we're a pretty young team. Okay. Um, I believe we lost five seniors last year, two of which uh, went on to be drafted professionally. So we definitely had some talent in that uh, graduating class. There, um, we are still trying to figure out. I think how those players work into the lineup. We've also been battling battling a couple injuries. Um, so Riley Knudsen was a defender who started as a freshman the first couple games and was doing very very well, um, but she is now in a boot on the sidelines. Uh, so hopefully we'll see her back soon because she was doing some great things, especially in the back there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we've got some really good individual talents. I think it's just learning how to uh, work together, you know, as a team with the players, how the lineup, um, you know, reflects what the coach wants to do, like in terms of tactics. But, you know, I see I see big things coming for us. We got we got plenty of time. I recall last year, Purdue women's soccer went to the uh, NCAA tournament. This for, is correct. Yes, for soccer. Um, but they they got they lost in the first or second round. Um, second round, second round. Yeah, we made it through the first. Um, we got to host the first round, and then we went to a second round game. Right. Unfortunately, lost. But again, quite a good run last season was. Um, and I I like to think that we've got some more some more good stuff coming for the rest of the season. Yes, we do. Uh, if we we want to transition to Purdue football, go for next it. Take year, it away, Grant. I will take over, Rebecca. Thank you for your insightful insight, analy analytics analysis of soccer and volleyball. I appreciate it every time. So let's get into some football here. Of course, last week Purdue football won twenty to ten at Minnesota. The Golden Gophers. What a game that was. Um, this is a a certified spoiler maker game for Purdue, uh, defeating another top twenty five team, the first since last year against Michigan State. Uh, number they're number three. Minnesota was number twenty one, but it was still it was still a good game. Um, you know, they beat a Minnesota team that outscored opponents one eighty three to twenty four. Hundred and eighty three to twenty four. Yes, this season. So it was quite oh quite a good win. And it was at Minnesota too. And they were um unbeaten in conference play. They're undefeated overall. They were four and oh. Oh really? So it was quite the game. Way to get it done, Boilers. Way to get it done, honestly. Um this makes up for that loss against Penn State where Penn State is now like they're like 11th, I think, in the country, so they've been moving up. Uh, and Syracuse is also ranked as well. So those those losses don't seem as bad now when you realize they were actually quality teams. Luck of the draw, really, I think, with the Boilers. Yeah, so it was a good win, though, for Minnesota, which puts Purdue now at 3-2, and two, um, which is good, great to have a winning record back. Aiden O'Connell, healthy, back at it again. Uh, 27 for 40, his temps 199 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, two interceptions, too. It seemed like he was a little bit rusty out there or just wasn't in rhythm with the offense. Uh, luckily, we were able to get it going, and um, we had a nice few running touchdowns with Dylan Downing having one, and Dev and especially uh, Devin McAfee at 11 carries, 112 yards, uh, a nice, like, 67-yard run to set up a touchdown for Purdue. Um, a 68-yard uh, run, excuse me. And apparently... He is a walk-on, doesn't even have a scholarship, which is crazy. It seems oh, wow. like this man, get this man a scholarship right now. He helps get this man him. a scholarship. Get this man a scholarship, exactly. Uh, Charlie Jones, standout wide receiver, had a you know decent game, six receptions, 55 yards. 
zero touchdowns, no um, no passing touchdowns uh, last game. And then Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan had uh, three interceptions as well with a QBR rating of 17.6, which is pretty uh, pretty awful if I do say so myself. So um, quite the takeaway from this game here is that Purdue, um, the takeaway that they have is that they actually have it in them to beat quality teams for once. You know, we, we had two other, you know, games against, you know, decent teams. Penn State was good good team and we almost won against them at home but um, I'm glad to see that they can actually beat teams that are you know good if they have it in them that their defense plays well which was also a key concern in the last few games their defense did not play well and they finally seem to have gotten gotten it under control and they've done it at the perfect time because now it seems like they're going to be able to compete for the Big Ten title game if they can keep this up in the rest of conference play um, because the rest of the conference, Minnesota, I think, was tied with Purdue for the top of the conference or was at the top of the conference, the, the West Division. And uh, as you know, the West will play the West winner of the West Division plays winner of the East Division at the Big Ten title game. So luckily, Purdue does not have to play Michigan or Ohio State um, or Penn State again in their division. Um, so they have a good chance of going to um, Indianapolis to play the Big Ten game. Um, if they do make it there, they'll probably have to play Michigan or Ohio State, which is, you know, they've beaten a top five team before, and they can probably do it again. But that's a very daunting opponent if they're able to get that far. My take off of that, whatever those boys did last week, let's just keep doing it. Let's just because it worked it. exactly. Um, Purdue is now three and two, one and one and one and one in conference play. So let's hope we can keep that up. Next game, Saturday, October 8th at Maryland, 12 p.m. Rebecca, hey ready for that game? I am very ready for that game. Uh, my upbringing is, uh, was located in Maryland. I've got family and friends that went to Maryland, and I am very excited to uh, show them what the Boilermakers can do, show them what we're doing and out in the Midwest. Exactly. I'm, I'm ready for this game as well because Maryland seems like another tough foe. They are not ranked, but they are 4-1. With their only loss coming to number four Michigan, and they only lost by seven, thirty-four to twenty-seven. Uh, they're one and one in conference play, and this game is at Maryland. Rebecca, do you have high hopes that Purdue can, you know, potentially have another upset here? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, if there's one thing that we Boilermakers have learned, it's that you cannot let the past uh, failures of the past get you down, and that we should have unrelenting hope in this team no matter how many times they've screwed up in the past. Because, you know, you never know. Sometimes they win it. And um, I think that Maryland would be the great place to keep this winning streak going. I think so as well. I mean, in this Jeff Brom era for Purdue football, you have to imagine that the past doesn't dictate the future um, because there's several games, you know, last season as well, where it's like they lost a, a game they could have won, and then they won a, won a game you thought, oh, I didn't think they were going to win that game at all. So it's it's that's Purdue football for you, but... Um, ESPN has Maryland with a 67.9% chance of winning the game. And Purdue only at 32. So, you know, they're the underdogs again. We love an underdog moment. Mm, we sure do. I'm, I'm ready for that game. That, again, is Saturday, October 8th, this upcoming Saturday uh, at Maryland at 12 p.m. Great game to watch. I will be watching. As will I. As we move on from NFL, or excuse me, um, NCAA football, we're going into NCAA basketball real quick. Uh, just referencing that the Purdue men's and women's basketball began their practice. Love excited. to see it. I'm ready for this content. I'm ready for the season. I am so excited for basketball. I am too. I think, yeah, Rebecca and I, this is our first year where we have paint crew 
for Mackey Arena. Heck yeah, which men's gives us, uh, season tickets. Yes, men's season tickets, and then we'll be going to all the women's games as well. Absolutely. Yes, yes I am so ready. Um, I believe the men's team has an exhibition game one month from now, so begin the countdown one month. So exciting. I know October 22nd is um, the basketball fan day where there will be open uh, men's women's basketball practices and uh, autographs from the team, which will be super exciting. Get a little glimpse as to what they've been up to, what kind of team we're looking at this year, and uh, maybe get some signatures. Uh, that would be exciting. I've, I did not realize there was an open practice that day. I will probably be attending if I can. Yep. Um, women's goes first, and then there's a break in between where they'll uh, be signing, and then after that is a men's practice. Yeah. I remember last year, I have a good story. When I got, um, it was my freshman year, and I was uh, with my friend, and we were just walking around, and apparently it was during one of the football games, the days um, three of the players, NBA, the Purdue basketball men's team, were giving out autographs. It was um, Sasha Stavanovich, Travian Williams, and uh, Eric Hunter Jr. All of them are gone now. You know, uh, Eric Hunter Jr. transferred, but Travian Williams and Sasha graduated. Um, but I remember I did not have anything to bring to autograph or I was expecting them to give me pictures or something they could autograph. And Travian Williams was like, oh, I'm all out of pictures. <laughs> it's like the autograph. And I was like, oh, well, what do I have? Like, I just realized I, I had this piece of paper. And I was like, oh, wait, this is my calc homework in here. <laughs> I was like, do you want to sign this? <laughs> and he was like, uh, sure. That should so, be extra credit right there. I, I think I still have it at home is my calc homework with Travian Williams autograph at the top. And we will talk about Travian Williams a little more since he is actually made his NBA debut uh, last night, which is which is crazy to, to finally see that. But first, let's get into some NFL stuff real quick. Oh, my gosh. It but, has been a scary week yes, for the NFL. Yes. Some major uh, major injuries going on. Tua, yes, Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa, yes. Got a very right. scary concussion. It was his second concussion in four days. What does that say about the NFL and where they return to play concussion protocol? I'm sorry. Who let this man on the field four days after a concussion? They put him back yeah. out there. Yeah. Well, they thought they thought it was a back injury, not a head injury at first. Regardless, yeah. it's still an injury. Why are you putting this guy back on the yeah. field four days after he got his butt yes. kicked? For those who don't know, Tua is uh, the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I believe it is his third year or second. Yes, second or third year in the league. He's a very young quarterback who is very skilled. Um, the Miami Dolphins, before he got injured, have been looking great. Um, they are now 3-1, and one, I believe. Um, but yes, he was cleared to play uh, four days after he had a head injury. And the doctor who performed the, you know, the assessment on him saying if he was good to go um, and it was partially responsible for clearing him has now been fired. Good. Um, which is obviously yeah, it's very great, and the NFL and the NFL Players Association have kind of already met and been like, oh, no, I get, we might need to adjust those concussion protocols just a little bit. Maybe and they, they said there needs to be adjustment. Um, as for what I think for the NFL, um, what does that say about their return to play concussion protocol? It shows that they don't really care too much about it. They're just focusing on you know, um honestly just getting those guys out there to play so it looks like you know they have great matchups especially because it was, it was a thursday night game which um the nfl signed a deal this year with uh Pro amazon prime so that for the next 10 years the thursday night football games will be shown on amazon prime video only oh my gosh 10 years 10 years yes 10 year contract that's it's a crazy big contract that's crazy. a fat check right there yes the nfl is obviously like oh we need to put on a show for these thursday night games you know it's a it's you know prime time matchup there you got uh, Dolphins, Bengals, you know, two 
know, decent teams. You could argue the Bengals have regressed a little bit this year after going to the Super Bowl last year, but nonetheless, a good game. And um, they probably were like, oh, we need to have, you know, advertise saying Tua is playing because otherwise people aren't going to tune into the game if they don't think it's going to be a good matchup. You know what I mean? Just, just a little PR stuff at the NFL. That's just, that's just my opinion, okay? Rebecca, do you have any thoughts on my, the whole situation? My thought after seeing what happened is, you, first of all, you can see it so clearly in the video, like how bad the immediate, like, repercussions were. Like, his arms, like, spazzed out, and I was watching some TikToks where, um, like, neurologists and different doctors were talking about, like, what that could mean and, like, the true severity of that injury. And, you know, people are saying that he is genuinely lucky that he didn't die on that field, you know. Um, and I think that brings the question of um, what is the responsibility that pro clubs have to not only that league and protecting their players, but to college and youth organizations to, you know, s really set a bar for taking care of not just head injuries, but all injuries in general. You know, the last thing we need is some, you know, college coach, high school coach or whatever, seeing this and going, oh, you know, he played through this first injury. We'll put, you know, put him back out there, see what happens. You know, you're risking, you're risking players' lives. Yeah, as much as the NFL has been, um, they've claimed in the last few years to have been trying to increase the protection of the quarterback. To the point where I've seen several penalties where they uh, where they call um, roughing the passer, which is when obviously when after the quarterback throws the ball um, and somebody tackles them a little too late, that's you know roughing the passer or something like that. Um, when it's when it shouldn't have been called, and it was just because they're trying to protect the quarterback. Um, but this here is just like well, it seems like they're putting all their attention into the wrong places. I would say so, but I mean. It's, you know, it sucks that it takes an incident like this to happen, but I have noticed that leagues as, you know, big as the NFL often tend to be reactive in their, you know, in yes, their changes and their measures so. instead of proactive. Um, so if anything good comes out of this, you know, let's hope that it's a change in rule, a change in protocol. You know, obviously the uh, the doctor got fired, which is definitely a first step. Um, but, you know, let's let's just hope that we can use this as uh, as an example to learn from here and, you know, protecting the players. Yeah. And I mean, you you obviously, you know, figure out the NFL, all sports leagues, you know, are built, you know, they're, they're still a business. They got to make money mm -hmm. somehow. So they can attract people to come either, you know, go, go see the game, watch the game in person, tune into Amazon, um, you know, even, even like gamble on the game. Just like, I mean, they're official. They have, um, I think it was, you know, two or three years ago, they decided that sports gambling would be, you know, partner with the NFL so people would, you know, tune in more to the games. So it's, yeah, I just think overall, not a great look for the NFL right now. It just shows that they don't. They're like you said, Rebecca, that they're reactive, not proactive to situations like this. You know, and they should be. It's just a very, it's a very scary time for uh, quarterbacks there. Um, hopefully, Tua, you know, turns out okay. Hopefully, he's able to, you know, get back and get back this season. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's okay. And you know, there, there was an update saying that um, he was released from the hospital and That's that he good. was okay. He was going actually traveling back with the team so it was, wasn't terrible True. Um, you just hope that they're not you know trying to trying to make it not make it out to seem like he's okay but you know that they're not trying to shorten the recovery mm -hmm. or anything to show that they didn't mess up yeah yeah I, I i definitely agree um otherwise though for the nfl i think that is it we want to go over the scores real quick as you know today is sunday there's been nfl football today 
Um, for all you Colts fans, I know you're probably really sad right now as the Colts lost 24-17 to the Tennessee Titans at home. Colts are now 1-2-1, and 1-1 one, uh, one and one at home. And Matt Ryan is not looking great. Um, and just the offense in general not looking great for the Colts. And it kind of even, if you're a Colts fan, you're probably wondering if, if, it was, if getting Ryan was better than getting rid of uh, Carson Wentz and letting him go to the Washington Commanders. As there are several fumbles in this offense here, uh, Indianapolis had three turnovers this game compared to zero for Titans. Um, and just overall, yeah, it just was not a great game at home for the Colts. Fortunately, I am not a Colts fan, even though I lived in Indiana my whole life. Isn't that weird, Rebecca? Crazy. I'm actually an Arizona Cardinals fan. Who are, Interesting. Who are, um, I did not know that. Yeah, it's, it's quite the team to cheer for because they're actually not great this year. Um, <clears throat> I could argue that their head coach deserves to be fired as well, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But that's another topic. We're just going over the scores right now. So um, let's see, any noteworthy games to talk about today? Oh, the first NFL game in London this year was held today. I forgot. it was. I woke up at 9 a.m. and I was like, oh, wait, there's a football game on right now. Um, that was the, I recall, Saints and Vikings. Yes, Vikings won 28-25. Nice little London game. Oh, fun fact, Rebecca. Um, I really appreciate this. They had the Ted Lasso cast was there. I saw it. Jason Sudeikis, the guy who plays Beard, was there. And guess who he met? Who? Lindsay Horan, who is a massive U.S. Uh, women's national team star. Oh, nice. So that was a pretty cool crossover right there. I'm guessing they were, like, filming in London or something, and that's why. Because I know they're doing season three right now. Yeah, I'd imagine they're filming. So they're like, oh, let's just go catch a full an American football Might game as well. here. I don't remember. Was it that game? Somebody um had cleats that were decorated, um like Ted Lasso. Like it had mm. the picture of Ted Lasso on the one side, and on the other sure. side it had the believes like the believe sign from the show. Um, I yeah, I don't remember who that was, but I saw a picture on Instagram, and I was like, you know what? How cool is that? That's such a good show, though. For uh, anybody oh, who hasn't Adam, seen it. Adam Thielen, uh, Thielen says, um, yeah, he had those cleats. Yeah, he wore the Ted Lasso cleats. Iconic. I love that. I uh, I have a friend who is studying abroad in London right now, and uh, she went to that game this morning. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's great. I imagine, yeah, six hours ahead, so that's uh, 3 o'clock. Yeah, 3 o'clock in London. Yeah, that makes sense. Other than that, other games, we have, um, let's see, any other? Eagles hung on. Eagles are now, Philadelphia Eagles are now the last undefeated team in the league after the Dolphins lost on Thursday. Uh, they beat the Jaguars, who are now 2-2. Two and two. Um, let's see here. Currently, the Patriots are playing the Packers. Oh, we're Patriots Packers are in overtime here. Very surprising given the Patriots lost their starting QB Mac Jones and their backup QB just uh, exited the game with an injury. And you know, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, so you imagine they would be able to finish him off. I guess Patriots defense is limiting Aaron Rodgers today. Um, I think that's all the really good games for right now. Uh, tonight. We have the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. That'll be a good one. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, rematch of the Super Bowl about uh, two or three years ago. Probably, yeah, two years ago when Tom Brady won his seventh ring. That's still crazy. Well, seven Ariana rings. Grande moment, seven rings. <laughs> exactly, seven rings there. That's, he's got, like, the most in the modern era of, of uh, sports. But, yeah, that's 820 on NBC. Then tomorrow night is the Rams and the 49ers in San Francisco. 15 on ESPN and that will do it for the NFL football 
Um, when we have, we have a little bit more, Rebecca, you want to talk about some NWSL before oh we my get gosh. basketball? So much is happening with that uh, currently. So tonight, actually going on right now, it's a uh, time um, is the last game of the regular season: the uh, Chicago Red Stars versus the Los Angeles Angel City FC. Um, it's a very exciting game. So two, technically three teams are still in contention of the sixth and final spot in the playoffs. The reason I say technically three is because um, with Angel City, the team playing tonight, the only possible way for them to make the playoffs is to win by 15 goals, which if anybody knows anything about soccer, that is extremely unlikely. So that's why I say we have uh, two teams that are really in the contention. So North Carolina tied their game yesterday, um, which means that Chicago has to pull out the win in order to advance. Aside from the uh, miracle or Chicago's entire team forgetting to show up, I think it's safe to say that it's uh, going to be a final race to the finish between Chicago and North Carolina. Um, That is a cool situation for Boilermakers to be in um, because either way, we will have a uh, Purdue grad in the uh, playoffs. We've got Sarah Griffith for the uh, Red Stars if they win or Marissa Bova if uh, North Carolina takes that sixth spot. But uh, yeah, a lot to root for uh, as a Purdue fan. But it's going to be some uh, some really good games in general. Um, OL Reign, the uh, Seattle-based team, they just won the NWSL Shield, meaning they had the, uh, the highest ranking of the regular season, obviously going into the playoffs. Um, we got some really good games coming up. I am super excited for those. All right, thank you, Rebecca, for that <laughs> great great NWSL analysis as well. Um, Let's see, do we have anything else? Yes, so NBA is the last sport we can kind of cover here. And then we have a fun overtime segment, which is our um, new name for our final segment. And today uh, we have a nice a little fun game we'll be doing. We'll get into that after our basketball uh, discussion here. So the last thing we have is the NBA, which you're thinking, whoa, NBA, I thought that just ended with the finals and Warriors won. And you are right. And it's now the NBA preseason. It happens. The turnaround is very quick for the offseason in the NBA. It's only about three months or so. And yeah, the NBA preseason begins with the Golden State Warriors and the Washington Wizards playing in Japan for the Japan NBA games, which is a pretty cool, um, pretty cool thing because I don't think they've played in Japan, uh, at least recently. So it's always cool when the NBA goes to a different country to like play in front of fans. They did it in Mexico, I think, and then I think they did it in uh, China last year. Um, yeah, it's just great to see that they go abroad to play. Um, especially makes sense with the Golden State Warriors being the closest NBA team to Japan, San Francisco, or, yeah, San Francisco, and then Washington Wizards, I I imagine, is just because, you know, USA, Washington, I'm trying to imagine why, maybe it's just random, but, yeah, so they played in Japan, and the reason I want to bring that up is because in that game, we got, uh, Purdue graduate Trayvon Williams, who played on the team last year. Uh, made his NBA debut, um, or it was actually two nights ago, but he had another game tonight. They played two games in Japan. Um, but he looked pretty good, honestly. Um, he only got about, uh, let's see, nine minutes of play, but in that time he had uh, two points, six rebounds, and two assists. It's actually pretty good. Plus three at plus-minus efficiency. And uh, even Purdue basketball showed off some highlights, and I saw some Warriors fans in the comments were like, whoa, why haven't we signed this guy yet? Because his passing skill is amazing. He had a nice, um, he had the ball at the top of the three-point line, 
He almost did like a no look, like passed the ball all the way to the hoop, and some dude got it and went for a layup, and it That's was crazy. crazy. The crowd was, the crowd was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "We've seen a couple, a uh, couple tricky things from uh, Trivion Williams mm-hmm. here at Purdue. He's the queen, the king. I almost said queen. <laughs> he's the queen too. Um, but he, yeah, he's the king of those uh super tricky passes. I've seen some like almost in between the legs kind of situation. He loves the no looks, mm-hmm. the uh, the kind of bounce behind the back, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm hoping Travion Williams gets a spot on the roster there. Um, he signed an Exhibit 10, which is basically just a 10-day contract. And if the Warriors like him, they can keep him, sign him to another one, or just waive him. But hopefully, I mean, the Warriors have a, a very stacked roster already because, you know, they're contending, you know, um, for the returning champions. Steph um, Curry. Steph Curry, yes. Still very much an all-star, very much a superstar in this league. Uh, 30, 32, I want to say, 33. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. He's always older than I imagined, and I realized he got drafted in two thousand nine. Oh my gosh! So it's this is his eleventh year, I think. So yeah, he's like early thirties, but he's like getting up there. Um, yeah, still, still very much a superstar. He had in that game actually had seventeen points, uh, seven for thirteen shooting, and the threes he had here, um, three for eight three point shooting. But those starters, they like they like let him rest halfway through the game because it's a preseason game. Yep. Anyways, don't want them to tire out. Yeah, those are long seasons too. Yeah, NBA is a long season. You got to be able to rest yourself and get yourself in condition to play for the NBA games. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then um, besides Trevin Williams, I just want to mention that Jaden Ivey is also getting ready to go for Detroit, uh, the Detroit Pistons. I believe their first preseason game is either tomorrow, um, or let's see if I'm wrong here. Tomorrow against. Oh, no, it's not tomorrow. It's Tuesday. Tuesday against uh, New York Knicks in New York, 7 o'clock. Um, I imagine Jay and Ivy will get the start, uh, all the young guys, as well as um, Cade Cunningham, who was almost rookie of the year last year. Just in general, it's just nice and cool to see uh, Purdue graduates go on to play in the NBA, as um, Carson Edwards was on the Pistons for a little while, and it seemed like he was going to play Ivy, but then he ended up getting waived, and now he is in Europe playing. Uh, basketball and i believe that is the same for uh, sasha stavanovich uh who graduated last year i believe he is in um eastern europe playing basketball i I forget what country it's for it might be um turkey or something i want to say serbia but i don't know if that's correct yeah i am not sure not quote me on that but it's just great to see that with the nba preseason beginning we have some uh, purdue graduates getting to play but that is all the regular news topics we have to cover now so you might be wondering well Grant, Rebecca, what are you guys talking about next? And this is a fun one we are doing for our overtime segment. We're talking about Purdue landmarks and what sport would they play and what position would they play? So, Rebecca, you want to give a little more uh, details on wh- what this entails? I got you. So I was uh, thinking of some different fun games that we could play um, as, you know, our little overtime end of the uh, end of the session game rule here. And um, I... For some reason, was walking walking around uh, campus, and I happened to glance up at the bell tower, and I said, "Hmm, if the bell tower could play a sport, I wonder what sport it would play and what position it would play." And my mind uh, with that went to volleyball, and I feel like it would be a middle blocker just because it is uh, very tall. Um, that is the pretty much the only reason. But I thought that would be fun if we could kind of personify some of the uh, famous Purdue traditions, landmarks, uh, you know, all those all those iconic 
kind of situations there as their different yeah. sports. Yeah, well, well, let's let's take a break real quick, and then we'll get into that. Don't give too much away for the crowd. Um, we'll we'll take a break real quick, and then we'll get into that last segment, so you guys can enjoy that. Let's get a song going here. Welcome back to Boilermaker Buzzer Beater with your hosts Grant and Rebecca for our final segment which is overtime. And as Rebecca explained before the break, we were talking about Purdue landmarks and what kind of sport they would play and what position they would play. So Rebecca, do you want to go back and forth? You want to do your five first? We each have five different landmarks or concepts at Purdue. How do you, how do you want to do it? Let's do, I'll go, I can say my five first and then you can say yours, but we'll, but we can both answer each other's and kind of dispute if you will. Um, so my first, uh, person place event icon is uh the den pop which is there's a store on campus called discount den um, which is home to a lot of purdue merch and snacks and all that good stuff but they have uh what is called the den pop where basically you can mix a bunch of different flavors of soda and create your own little combination so if the den pop played a sport what sport would it play um hmm. <laughs> i'm thinking it would pl- it would be um okay i'm thinking volleyball and hear hear me out here here's why so okay. den pop like you said it has different combinations and stuff and yeah. it kind of has everything like fit together and then it tastes really good right so yeah. so imagine like in volleyball like when they set it up they have to like get it everyone has to hit it like we get three times right yeah yeah three so different touches three different touches so say you have different touches different sodas com- okay. combining that's an and interesting then, take. when they serve it is when it's like the taste that's really good huh. so i imagine that the den pop itself is the uh the person who serves it. i don't know what position that is that like the like the the last person the final yeah, person, to, final hit person to hit it yeah. um i didn't use like a center like center. a middle like the eva hudson if you will yes eva hudson yes exactly. spectacular great analogy right okay there. i really like that so i was thinking um i think the den pop would be a football quarterback because really it can either go a den pop can either go really really well or kind of wrong if you mix um a bad combination of flavors and i think when uh in a football game typically if you win it is uh the court you know because of the quarterback but if you lose it is the quarterback's fault um you know i think a lot of times they're kind of isolated as the make or break if you will and i really think uh den pop is something that is variable can be made or broken depending on uh what flavors you put in yeah i agree definitely football could be good as well What's your next one? Okay, so my next one is a starship. So uh, for those, again, who may not know, um, a starship is a little robot that travels around campus, and it delivers you food. Um, It was designed right on campus by Purdue engineers, um, and it is a favorite for students, especially in the winter when it gets cold and you don't want to leave your dorm or apartment. Um, Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Uh, You go first. Okay, so... Um, Den Pops, or I mean, Den Pops, um, Starships on campus, they've got a little bit of a reputation of moving slow and kind of getting lost every once in a while. So I am going to say golf. golf. I think Den Pop would be golf. I mean, I keep saying Den Pop. I think Starship would be golf because it is uh, not the most not the most fast-paced sport. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the most entertaining to watch. But that very last moment of the hole-in-one or the winning shot or when the Starship delivers hot food to your doorstep, I that just, you know, you forget about the fact that you had to wait for several hours or, in this case, the 20 minutes for it to drive across campus. 
See, I would think that a starship could be a football um, because, like you just mentioned, it, when you're at a game, it feels like it could take forever for it to end, especially if you okay. don't like football. But lots of waiting. There, there's lots of waiting in football in general. Uh, yeah, in college football and regular football, uh, NFL football. There's a lot of waiting, and then, you know, sometimes it pays off, though. Sometimes it doesn't. Maybe your food comes, and you're like, oh, it's soggy, or it's like, it's not, it's cold now. It's like, oh, but maybe that happens That happens in Purdue football all the time, too. You wait a while, and then it ends up, uh, they lose the game or something, or something bad happens, and you're like, oh, man. But uh, I think maybe, let's see, so let's just say, like, position. You could say, like, head coach or something. Head like coach. It, it gets on the way there, but. It's almost there. It's almost there. Not quite. Yeah, not quite, but. It it gets there in the end, so it that's does. all that matters. Okay, yeah. uh, number three, we uh, following along the trend with the starships. We have Frank's fries. Um, so there is a an eatery on campus called Famous Frank's, and it is only the only place that is open pretty late um, until like one or two a.m. on the weekends, and they have incredible French fries um, and various sauces to dip, and it's you know it's just a wonderful way to end the evening out. Um, so Frank's fries, Grant, what do you think? Hmm. Frank's fries. Let's see here. So, um, I want to say Frank's fries is let me a little cliche. I just want to say it's like either like baseball or football because it's like you know Frank's fries. You go, you get it. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's football or something. Something like I guess late night. That I'm gonna say football actually because um. It's like late night, and you know football games can go really late, and it's like you you want something good, especially even after a football game. You're like, oh, I want some Frank's fries. So very true. Uh, at a football game, you're like you're waiting for it, you want it to end, like the last one, um, and you're like, oh, you know, some Frank's fries late at night, that'd be great right now. Or Purdue football, I'd be a touchdown right now, would be great at the end of the game. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go football, and then I'm gonna go with like uh, a. Let's just say a wide receiver, because then, like, if they, if they say they catch a touchdown pass, and you're like, oh, that's great. They caught it. It's just like, I got a touchdown. I got my Frank's fries. You know, you know, you know what I mean? I like that. Okay. I am going to go, I think, soccer on this one, because um, soccer, for a lot of people, um, myself not included, um, but I think soccer is just kind of, um, it's just there, you know? Like, it's not a super, you don't experience the highs and lows with you, uh, over the course of a season that you might with football, um, you know, for certain fans or basketball, you don't necessarily get that like immediate gratification of, you know, sinking a buzzer beater or, you know, three pointers. It's not super fast paced. You don't really have the like showy moments, but it's, it's steady, it's stable and it's, you know, it's fun. It's a nice, you know, comfy pastime. And that is what Frank's fries are for me. So I'm going to go with soccer Um, position. I'm going to say midfield just because, again, they're out there working the hardest. They are running everywhere, covering all this ground. And Frank's fries certainly do that as they make their way across campus at two o'clock in the morning. Gotcha. All right. Next one. Number four. Oh, wow. We have PAL 3.0. PAL 3.0 is the uh, Wi-Fi network across campus, and it is um, notorious for not working and being horrendous in its coverage. Um, would you like to start with this one? Yes, I think um, this is not a knock on Purdue tennis, but I want to go with tennis here. And it's not because the Wi-Fi goes on and off. I want to say it goes back and forth. Okay. Like a tennis ball would in a tennis match. Like, especially if you're checking it, you have to go back and forth. Does it work? Check the Wi-Fi, go back. Does the website load back and forth? 
back and forth. So I could see it as um, just a tennis player in general, just uh, as someone who serves the ball or has to return it in some way, you know. You know what I mean? That's fair. Great, great analogy. I am, I'm going to say for this, a referee or an official of any kind. Because um, if they're doing their job appropriately and, you know, they're doing everything right, then you're like, oh, okay, it's just there. Um, you know, as Wi-Fi, we don't necessarily give a second thought until it stops working. Like an official, when they make a very bad call um, or miss a, you know, blatant red card or throw a flag on a game-winning touchdown play, you know, there is nothing worse in those moments than the official. Um, so I, for that reason, I'm going to say official because there's nothing worse than PAL 3.0 Wi-Fi when it does not work and you have a paper due. Exactly. Let's get your last one, and I think we'll finish with that one for today. Okay. That's okay. We're running out we of time. running a little low on time. Sounds so good. I the last one. Okay, one more minute. Okay. Um, the last one I have is Grand Prix. So there is a race every year in the spring where um, Purdue clubs and uh, residence halls can build these very, very substantial go-karts, and they race them around a track on campus, and it's a huge weekend-long event of, you know, partying and pre-gaming and, you know, celebrating the uh, closing of spring semester and the, uh, what they call the greatest spectacle in college racing. Um, and then, you you know, the weekend ends with watching the actual race where you, uh, yeah, you sit there and see who's going to take the lead. Why don't you go first on this one, Grant? All right, let's see. Throw me in the spotlight here. Okay, so Grand Prix, it's kind of hard to relate, you know, kind of like a sport itself, like racing already to another sport. Um, but in my opinion, I think... Hmm, man, okay, so I want to go with... Um, I want to say football again, but I, I like that analogy because it's like... Like in football, like, there's like the week like before because you know it's on a saturday that you're waiting for the game and um and then it finally comes and you're kind of like like you said you're building things together and you know a football team is huge there's you know 50 guys on the team um you have to like build a solid team a solid foundation together i could argue also argue basketball like people wait for basketball every weekend um but yeah this one this one is a tough one for me rebecca uh, do you have a better analogy because it seems like mine is uh not substantial enough um, I mean, I don't know if it's better necessarily, but I uh, was going to go baseball um, just because baseball games tend to be uh, quite lengthy as the race is. Um, it's 200 laps, which I did not know when I went to watch it last year, and I didn't realize I was going to be sitting there for uh, almost three hours watching cars go around a track. And I feel like baseball, um, you know, you also you're sitting there for quite some time through nine whole innings, um, you know, switching teams and all that good stuff. But when it comes do down to it, the last, you know, 10 laps or so, the excitement is through the roof. You know, it's neck and neck. You're not sure who's going to take it. And I feel like baseball games are kind of the same way. You know, people aren't necessarily staring at the score for innings one through eight. But the one, once it gets to the ninth inning, especially bottom of the ninth, which is like the last 10 laps, you know, everybody's excited. Everybody can't wait to see, you know, who's going to hit the home run, who's going to, you know, field that uh, double play there and cut them off for the win. But I, yeah, so I'm going to go baseball for that reason. Plus, I feel like it's just, you know, an American pastime. People make a weekend or, you know, at least a whole day out of going to a baseball game. You know, you got the atmosphere. You're sitting there with your, your peanuts and your popcorn and, you know, yelling at people and all that good stuff. Yeah, I, I like that analogy much thank better you. than my football or basketball it. one. So thank you very much. And I think that's a great ending there for our show, especially since we are 
almost out of time. And I think we can get to our my list next time, maybe. Absolutely. We we'll time. save it for another section. Yes, exactly. I think so. This has been a great show today. We talked about a bunch of different sports. You can expect a lot more next week when we have a lot more stuff to cover, um, as well as you know, trying to get through this list. And maybe we'll have something even better for next week. Never know. Time segment. You'll you have to know. come back in and uh, find out. Every week is a new a new thing here at the Boilermaker Buzzer Beaters sh- show. So A new mystery. Um, until then, we are uh, Grant and Rebecca. It has been a pleasure talking to you guys. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at uh, Boiler Buzzer Beater. No spaces or underscores or any of that. Um, yeah, so I believe Grant uh, right now is going to search us up some intro mu- or outro music, and he's going to send us out. Um, but have a great week, guys, and we hope to see you next time. 